This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Thank you. You can be seated. God bless all of you. I'm glad you made it out today. When it started snowing, I said, oh Lord, please let them come out because God's got some things to speak to us this morning. And so I welcome all of you here as we, as we exit this year and enter 2018. Just some of the things the Lord put on my heart. That 2018 will be a year you don't want to live in between. In other words, you don't want to live lukewarm. And so even this morning, we'll go over some things. If you need a Bible, raise your hand, get your hand up. Go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter number 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Again, I pray you had a great holiday season and we're getting ready to jump right on into a new year. And most people, when they start a new year, they have these things called New Year's resolutions. The word resolution itself means a determination, a fixed intention, or a steadfastness. Now, most New Year's resolutions, they focus around the outward. In other words, many people say, man, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to lose this amount of weight. I'm going to lose that amount. Many will have financial goals. Many will have goals to say, I want to travel more. I want to do this or that. And those aren't bad things. But what about some spiritual goals? To say, I, I want to, to, to go a little deeper, Father God. Be a little closer to you than I've ever been before. I want to seek you more. I want to get in the Word more. I want to pray more. I want to give more. The thing about New Year's resolutions, that by the end of January, 40% of them are usually broken. By February 14th, Valentine's Day, 75% of them are broken. And so I want to encourage us today just to say, you know what, I'm going to set some New Year's resolutions and I'm going to ask God to help me to live by these. Now, about a month ago, I was in New York City for a a wedding and a couple mornings I'd woke up and the Lord really began to speak to me about some things for 2018. The way we're going to do this is I'm going to show you biblically what God's Word says and understand this, this will be warnings for 2018. Right here through the scriptures, almost like it's God's prophesying to us through his word. So we begin in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we've heard. And when he says this, the, the uh, meaning here is I must give more careful attention to the word of God than I've ever given before. Hang on to the word of God unlike any other time. Why? Look how he ends this verse. He goes on to say, least we drift away. And the analogy here is like a ship that literally drifts past the anchor. Now, I just read that in the New King James Version. If you can put this up in the Amplified, watch what this says in the Amplified. It's it's really good. It'll cause it to come to life to you. Since all this is true... We ought to pay much closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard. Least in any way we drift past them and we slip away. This becomes a strong warning that I believe with all my heart that this year will be a year that many will begin to drift. And we'll drift from the very truths that that many of us, our lives have been centered around these. But this becomes a strong warning unless I purpose in my heart to live by the word. James 1.22 says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. So a warning, dig on into this. 
Think about the word drift. If you've ever been to the ocean, you, you can set your, your camp, whether it's your towels, your blankets, your picnic goods, and you can sit them in this direction, and you can go right out in front of that, and just suddenly, before you know it, you've drifted way apart from it. And it was effortless. As if you didn't even know you were drifting. This is what he begins to talk about right here. Verse number 2. For if the word spoken through angels proves steadfast, authentic, sure, or binding, and every transgression, the word transgression here means violation, and every violation and disobedience to the word of God. So what he's saying right there, that the word of God that was spoken through Moses by the angels, he said it was steadfast. But because of, of transgressions to the word of God, violations that oppose the word of God, or disobedience to the word of God, he ends verse 2 with some interesting statements here. He said, you will receive a just reward. You will receive a just punishment or recompense. An appropriate or adequate penalty. So he's warning us right here. That if I get away from the steadfastness of God's word. There's going to be a penalty. Verse 3. How shall we escape? How shall we escape what? This reward he's talking about. If we neglect so great a salvation. If we start neglected the very things that Jesus taught us. And Jesus died for. And he said which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. So now we go back and we think, where did this all start at? It's when we begin to drift from the, from the word of God. Now, none of us in here would blatantly come out and say, you know what, I'm going to start breaking the commandments of God. I'm going to start dishonoring the word of God. I'm not going to go to church anymore. I'm not going to pray anymore. See, we don't say things like that. But if I don't pay close attention to the word of God and make a, a, a heartfelt commitment of steadfastness today, the opportunity for me to drift will become more and more and more. And so he ends verse 3 and he says, To be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. When we see the word confirmed, that verse is cross-referenced into Mark 16, verse 20. And it says that God will confirm his word with signs following. I believe in 2018, we're going to see God confirm his word with signs following in incredible ways. Many we've prayed about, many we've seen in the scriptures what it said, get ready this year. Now, the goal right here of drifting from the word of God is what begins to take place here is when we don't do it intentionally, but we get caught up with work, with activities, and even fun. Now, every one of us in here got to go to work. But if I'm not careful, I work so much that I squeeze God out of my schedule. What about activities? Every one of us in here have activities. In other words, a busy schedule. But if I'm not careful, I allow my schedule to get so busy that I squeeze God out of my life. And even fun. God wants us to have fun. He wants us to enjoy life. But it can't push God out. And so many of that is talked about in the parable of the sowers in Mark 4. Where he said because of the cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches. And other things. 
It'll squeeze the Word of God out. If I allow the Word of God to stay my focus, remember, God's going to confirm His Word. Now watch how it goes in verse 4. God also bearing witness, that verse is cross-referenced into Mark 16, 20 again. Where he said, I want to confirm my word with signs following. So he said, God also bearing witness, both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own word. So God is going to confirm through his spoken word. He's going to confirm through what he said in verse 4, through signs and wonders. And he's going to confirm through miracles. What would happen if we begin to pray? Lord, we welcome you to confirm your word in 2018. We welcome you, Father God, to show up with signs and miracles. See, everything with God centers around what are we hungry for? What are you hungry for right now? Do you hunger for righteousness? Do you hunger for the word of God? I don't know about you. I want to see God perform miracles. And God's not the holdup. We are. Now, turn back to your left. To 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm just telling you the upcoming weeks we're going to hit a little bit more each week. And just look at things that will set the stage for our entire year. That's what I like to do in early January. And create some faith in us. Hear the things of God. You know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do you know the Lord said this? He said, preach my gospel. He didn't say, tell them about me. He said, preach the word of God. Understand this year, you're going to get high doses of the word of God. Because that's what God informed me to do. He said, feed my sheep. He didn't say, entertain them. He didn't say, make them laugh. He said, feed my sheep. So again, I believe part of the reason you're here is because you're hungry for the word of God. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 1. Now this is talking about, there was a concern for Paul for their faithfulness. And he said, oh that you, this is verse 1, oh that you would bear with me in a little folly. And indeed, you do bear with me. Now, Paul was saying, boasting about myself, that'd be foolish. He said, I'm not going to boast about myself. So he goes on to say in verse 2, for I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. With godly enthusiasm, intense desire, or passionate commitment. Now this is what Paul was saying. He goes on to say, For I have betrothed you to one husband. I think just what he said. I have betrothed you, or you're engaged to one husband. You know who he's talking about here, don't you? Just Jesus. Just one. And there's not many ways to the Father, only one, and it's through the Son. And what he's getting here to is the, the message makes it come to life when he says, I promised your hand in marriage to Christ. So what he's getting over to is the commitment and a faithfulness to Jesus. I believe that's what the Lord wants to see from us. A commitment to say, Father God, I'm all in. I'm not going to straddle the fence. I'm going to be committed to you. So he goes on to say that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. A holy or pure virgin to Christ. Verse 3. 
But I fear, and what was he fearful of? Least somehow, as the servant deceived Eve by his craftiness. Now when I read this right here, he's saying exactly as the devil or the serpent deceived Eve with his craftiness or his smooth or his clever ways, he's warning us that this is the same way that he will try to lure you or lead you away from your devotion to Christ. He wants to weaken your commitment. So if we were to take what Paul just said there, how the devil deceived Eve by his craftiness, we would go to the book of Genesis chapter 3 verse 4. If we were to go there, you would find out that the way that the devil deceived Eve, it wasn't by telling her, go kill somebody. Go commit this crazy sin. Go rob a bank. Go commit adultery. No, the craftiness that the devil lured her away was he began to get her to question the word of God and to doubt God. So he's warning me and you right here the same tricks that the devil tried to use on or he did use on Eve He will begin to go to work on me and you in the same way. Stay with the word, okay? Don't question the word of God. Grab a hold of it and grab a hold of it with bulldog faith. You know what bulldog faith is? I'm not going to let go of it. I'm going to hang on to it. And so just a warning right here that you will begin to see this take place more and more and more. Now look how Paul qualifies all this. He says... That he deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So when I read this, I begin to think this. We live in a society now where you'll hear people say, a loving God wouldn't send people to hell. I've had people ask me this question. Do you really believe there's a heaven and a hell? How about this? If the wages of sin is death, then why are you still here? Well, I believe the wages of sin is a death-like existence. So what begins to happen with this simplicity is because people begin to twist or distort the scriptures. They act like that's not God. But see, oftentimes... The, the freedom that we think is freedom is an illusion that gets us into a sinful way. And the end result is disastrous. That was the same with Eve. Verse 4. For if he comes, for if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached... Or you have received a different spirit which you have not received. Or a different gospel which you have not accepted. You may well put up with it. You may well tolerate it. Now you know what he's getting over here? Our allegiance to the Lord. Don't desert God by listening to false teachers that begin and try to preach another gospel. I believe we're going to see this slip into the church More and more this year. 
And you may see signs, you may see bumper stickers, you may have people say, we all serve the, God, the same God. No, we don't. Go ahead and answer that and tell them I said hi. Tell them to get in church, they're late. See, again, the Bible's very clear. There's only one way to heaven, okay? And that's through the Lord and Savior Jesus. And that is the simplicity. That's simple. If I live by that rule, there's only one way. So in other words, only Jesus is the way. But there will be ones that will begin to slip in and they'll try to say. But if that was the truth, why did God warn the Israelites over and over, don't serve these false gods? And if you ever look when he talks about false gods, it's always little g. Actually, when the, the man of God named Solomon, David's son, when he began to drift from the things of God, God had spoke to him and said, don't marry those foreign women's because they'll lead you to false gods. So that's the same with me and you. If they don't agree that Jesus came into the flesh, he came to earth as a man, if they don't agree that he is the Son of God. See, many will tell you Jesus was a prophet, but he wasn't the Son of God. But my Bible tells me he's the Son of God. If people deny the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, kick it out. If Jesus, if people deny that he's alive right now, get rid of it. That's why he's telling us with these strong warnings, the simplicity of the word of God. Get it in your heart this year. Get it in your children. The only way to God is through the Son. Now the interesting part of this right here, it cross-referenced into Galatians 1. Go to your right, just a couple uh, verses, and we'll be in Galatians 1. So what am I telling you here? There will be ones that will deliberately try to twist the Word of God. He warns in the book of Timothy... Actually, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, he said, Endure sound doctrine. Endure the word of God. Don't let people tell you differently. Okay? Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. I marvel that you were turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of, God, in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Now he's dealing with these people that are at the church of Galatia. And he said, I can't believe you guys are so fickle. That you're turning to a different gospel. The deserting of Christ for a different gospel. Remember, there was only one we were engaged to and that was Jesus. Stay with him, okay? I'm harping on this a bunch because this is one of the things that the Lord began to speak and say, there will be many that will drift from me this year. They'll get away from the things of my word. Verse 7. Which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert or distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we as human beings or preachers or even an angel from heaven... If we preach any other gospel to you than that what we preach to you, let him be accursed. That word accursed there means eternally condemned, devoted to destruction, and doomed. Verse number 8. 
But even if we or an angel from heaven preach another gospel to you, then that what we preach, let him become accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches another gospel to you than that which we have received, let him be accursed. Now this must have been an important fact to him because he repeats himself twice in a row. And so he said, don't listen to them, okay? If they begin to preach to you other than Jesus. Verse 4, or verse 10. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I look to seek to please men? And what he's talking about here is a compromiser who is seeking favor by teaching people what they want to hear. Now look how he ends this. For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. So what Paul's talking about here is he's saying, listen guys, I'm not trying to win a popularity contest. I'm going to preach the word of God to you and I'm going to preach the truth to you. Now the key is this. We preach the truth to you in love. And understand, every time I preach the word of God, I'm going to preach the word of God to you in love. But understand this. Sometimes the word of God will rebuke you and sometimes the word of God will correct you. I highly encourage you when the word of God rebukes or corrects you, applaud it. Welcome it. Because that is God's heart for every one of us. As a, as a heavenly father, he corrects those who he loves. The word of God sometimes is annoyingly accurate. <laughs> Stay with the word of God is what I keep getting over and over for 2018. Stay with it and stay with it and stay with it. There'll be people that'll criticize it. There will be people go against it. But stay with it. You know, early in my life as a believer, God put several men into my life that they would speak the truth to me in love. And there were times I did not enjoy it, but I knew they loved me, both of them. What's crazy is in a, in a span of about two years, two of the most godly guys that were in my life that held me accountable to God, neither one of them served God anymore. And I begin to think about that, how both of them begin to drift. When I was in Bible school, one of them was a teacher there. And it breaks my heart to think, I don't know that he serves God anymore. And so you've got to stick with the things of God, okay? Don't act like this is how it is forever because you're going to see things begin to really change. I keep getting this in my heart that it will be a year spiritually that there will be lines drawn in the spiritual sand. In other words, you're going to be in or you're going to be out. Years ago, I had a young girl who was about 20 years old who said this. She said, I'm going to quit going to this church because you don't feed me the word of God anymore. Two things on the inside of me. Number one, I wanted to laugh and say, yeah, what you're saying to me is I don't preach what you want to hear. And number two, the thought was this. You don't get fed the word of God because you're a baby and you want to be spoon fed all the time. She went ahead and left the church and you know what? What I begin to see in her life was a decay spiritually. When she began to turn from the things of God and she doesn't serve God at all anymore. These are strong warnings for every one of us. And this isn't thus saith pastor today. 
This is thus saith the Lord, alright? So welcome the Word of God. Treasure this book. In this book is buried treasures, but sometimes you got to dig to get them. Now I'm going to put some hope in you here, okay? I'm going to stir you up here. Go with me to the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 14. 1 Chronicles 14. And this was one of the passages that I tell you that for, for days, the Lord would just begin to sit on me in this. And this is one of the strong, strong ones for 2018, okay? We begin in 1 Chronicles 14, verse 8. Now when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all of Israel. Now let me give you some facts about the Philistines here. They were descendants of Noah's son Ham. And the Philistines, when you read this, they had been thorns in David's flesh since he was a teenager. Remember, Goliath was the descendants of the Philistines. And so for years and years and years and years in David's, Goli- in David's life, the Philistines had been involved. So as I begin to read this and look at this, has there been some type of Philistine or constant thorn in your life? I want you to think about this. Something that may have been around you for years and years and years, maybe physical, maybe financial, maybe some form of bondage, maybe troublesome people. And so when I read this right here, this begins to give me hope because when you read this here, you realize David had these things that were nagging after him year after year after year. So just ponder that just a second. Is there something that's been a thorn in your flesh for years? Keep reading with me. So all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it. And he went out against them. So when David saw that these Philistines were coming after again. After him again. David didn't run from them. David didn't hide from them. David didn't ignore them. The New Living says specifically that he marched out to deal with them. Here's what I want you to understand right now. David was the next anointed king of Israel. But he wasn't exempt from junk happening in his life. Neither are me and you. Actually in John 16.33, the Lord Jesus said, In this world... You will have tribulation. You will have pressures. You will have stress. But he said, be of good cheer. I've overcome them. So he gives us a great warning right there. And in saying that, I believe this year there's going to be great tribulations. There's going to be squeezings. Some of you might be in a predicament right now where you say, that's me. I'm being squeezed right now. Whether it's at work, whether that's in your marriage. Hang on to this. God said, be a good cheer. I've overcome it. Now watch what takes place here. Verse 9. Then the Philistines went and made a raid on the valley of Rephim. Literally stated, the valley of the giants. So when we read this right here, this was the place the Philistines remembered. 
This is where David took down Goliath. They had never forgotten that. Verse number 10. And David inquired of God saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Now this is crucial for me and you to understand this. David inquired of God. When the going got tough in David's life, he went to God for guidance. He asked God, God, what do you want me to do? In other words, he said, God, I want your game plan. Too many times in life, when things look obvious, we go ahead and act with human intelligence. When I act just with human intelligence, I flunk in the area of wisdom. So this is important right here that David, even though it looked obvious, he said, man, i got to go to God. I want to hear what God's report says. So he goes on to say in verse 10, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to him, Go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. See, too many times we do what we think is right, And then we expect God to bail us out. And too many times we wait until we're in trouble, until we turn to God. And by then my consequences or my actions are already unfolding. So here's a great, great tip for you to go into 2018. Don't make God your last resort. Make Him your first. Go to God. Go to God. And you may say, what if I go to God and I don't hear anything? Just keep hanging around God. Keep getting into His presence and say, Father God, I'm not going to move until you tell me how to move. Stay with this, okay? So this is something we begin to learn from David right here. i got to hang on to God. Verse 11. So they went up to Belperazim. Now listen. Not only did David inquire God... He obeyed God. When God told him what to do, he went ahead and obeyed him. So they went up to Belperazim. And David defeated them there. Then David said, now get this. God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of water. Therefore they call the name of that place Belperazim. Better stated, The master of breakthroughs. Listen to some of these other definitions. Yahweh who breaks out. The Lord of breakthrough. The Lord who bursts through. Now I want you to hold fast to that because this is one of the things the Lord has really impressed on my heart. That the ones that will begin to hang around and the ones who begin to ask and require of me. I'll be the God of breakthrough. I will be the God of breakthrough. And you watch what will begin to take place in 2018 to the ones who say, Father God, I'm trusting you. How many are in this room right now? You need a breakthrough. Well, after the service, we're going to pray for liars because I believe everyone that's been here probably needs some form of breakthrough. I welcome breakthrough. In every area of my life. Keep reading. Verse 12. 
And when they, the Philistines, left their gods. Look at that, little g gods. And what this literally talking about is when the Philistines would go into battle, they would take their idols with them. In this situation, they abandoned them. Now watch what happens here. And so when they left their gods or abandoned them there, David gave a commandment that they were to be burned with fire. They were to be cut down. They were to be torn down and burned with fire. So when I begin to look at this right here, the Lord began to speak this and he said, anything in your life that is that of an idol, anything in your life that is a sin, get it out of your life and get it out of your home. Whatever that is right now. And oftentimes we begin to think, well, it's just a little this or a little that. But in the Song of Solomon, it says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things that we do or don't do. And so right here, God was telling David, tell him, don't mess with those idols. Even as little or insignificant as they seem. He said, burn them with fire. In other words, eliminate them. If it's your TV, I couldn't do that, Pastor. What about the internet? What about the things that begin to squeeze God out of our life? I mean, I begin to see these things in our society right now that almost become mind-blowing to think that this could happen. I mean, I don't know if you saw this death in Wichita, Kansas. This guy, he, he does this thing called swatting. And it's a game, and a man loses his life over this stuff. And I was telling Shelly yesterday when we were reading about it, I said, this stuff is unbelievable. And so many times we think, well, this is innocent. Well, it may start as innocent. But if it's causing you to be in bondage or to cause you to live in sin, eliminate it. Get rid of it. And just FYI, next week I'm going to talk about fasting. And it's one of the things we've done in this church for years to start our new year. And it's to say, Father God, I want to fast to draw closer to you. I want to fast for a fresh anointing. And so we're going to highlight that next week. And I believe one of the greatest ways that we break those bondages is when we begin to fast and pray and seek God. He goes on to say here, verse 13. Then the Philistines once again made a raid on the valley. Once again. Verse 14. Therefore, David inquired again of God. So what I begin to see here in verse 14, that God was David's constancy. God was David's lifeline. That every time the Philistines came again, he would go to God again. So 2018 will be a year of again. There'll be trials and temptations that will come again. But when they come again, I turn to God again. And I begin to make God my constancy. And as David walked in victory because he leaned toward God and he looked to God, it'll be the same for us. And so when we talk about all this today, is there areas in your life that you've drifted from the things of God? What about this? What if I said today, Lord, I'm going to make a stand today. I'm going to ask you to help me to be strong in you where I don't drift this year. I stay firm with you. The second area is commitment. That God is looking for a church of commitment. 
And the third area is if you're needing breakthrough, he's the God of breakthrough. If he broke through for King David, he'll break through for me and you. And so something happens when we heed the word of God. Something happens when we begin to look to God. I don't know about you, I like to be challenged by the word of God. You know, I grew up on a, on a, on a neighborhood or a block. Whereas kids, man, we would, we would do things. And if someone ever said, I double dog dare you, it was on. It was on. And so this morning is this the Lord saying, I double dog dare you to live committed. I double dog dare you just to hang with me this year. You know, when we were growing up, at the end of my block was a swimming pool. And the swimming pool had been deserted and it was deep. It was 10 foot. It would slope down in there and the water was filthy. The water was mossy. I, I, don't, I don't mean to be gross or nothing, but we'd see people urinate in it. It was bad. It stunk. You didn't want to get near it. It's kind of like the sin of life. And there was a pack of us. There were about 10 of us. And we used to play this game, and we would double dog dare each other. And the double dog dare is you would start in the shallow end, and you would run as hard as you could. And when you hit that deep end, it curved. And if you ran as fast as you could... You would stay out of it. And so as young guys, I double dog dare you. Man, I mean, you thought, I don't want to fall in that nasty stuff. It's kind of like sin. You don't want to fall into that nasty stuff. But when God challenges, God said, hey, I'll never leave you nor forsake. I'm with you in this. And so we were little bitty guys. Actually, it was all of us that speak of the men of iron, every one of us. We'd run around that thing, and so it was my day, and they said, you're up. And man, you shimber, shake and tremble, they go, oh, I don't want to fall in. And so we made it around, and it was a great day. Well, there was a bully on our block who I'm going to liken to Goliath. And he was older than us, and he was always ugly to us. I mean, he was un- not uncommon for you to be riding by him, and he'd pelt you right in the head with a snowball. It'd bloody your nose. And so it was his turn. And he took off running around there. And one of the guys in the deep end, he pulled the electric cord down there at the bottom and caught old Goliath's foot. And he slid head first into that slimy stuff. And you know what us little angels did? Oh, happy day. We got so excited. Yes, yes. See, what would, and I don't mean that ugly, but what would happen if we begin to live our life and say, God's going to break through this year. God's going to lead us where I don't have to live in sin. God's going to set me free. He's going to break those bondages in my life. He's going to breathe on me today. He's going to anoint me today. He's going to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Do you know in Isaiah 59, it says specifically, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will set a standard against him. I believe that's what's going to happen this year. But it just doesn't happen. We're going to believe God and we're going to trust God. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.